Saturday morning, people. Welcome to episode 452 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It feels lonely now. I feel like there's just not as many pinball podcasts on the airwaves. Can't wait till they come back, just like they were before. Uh, so what are we going to talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Well, I want to talk about the news. I want to talk about some rumors. But I also want to bring up, and I'm going to start with it on this episode I want to talk about what I think has been the biggest news, the biggest innovation, the most important thing we've seen with our own eyes in all of pinball that happened over the past few days. And, you know, it's gotten some conversation, but it really hasn't been talked about and discussed the way it should be talked about. And I've invited these guys to come on the show to talk about this innovation because I think without a doubt, If you're someone who buys modern pinball machines and you're someone who spends a lot of money on pinball, it is unbelievable to me that a few gentlemen in Australia by the name of Haggis Pinball have shown us how to make a pinball play field strong enough to withstand a hit from a sledgehammer, a hit from a metal hammer, and this this is it. Like This is what... All of you out there who are opening new inbox stern games and trying to make excuses for all those craters and dimples and all you guys who have bought Jersey Jack games and have pooling around the post and have chipped artwork and now have a, a, a spare play field under the bed that you're never going to ever do a play field swap because that costs $2,000. This is what this is what real innovation looks looks like and I want to talk about that first because I think this should become the thing that all of us that are buying new inbox pinball machines this is the kind of innovation that we should be asking the manufacturers to implement in all games moving forward I mean this is sort of like the invention of ABS brakes power steering flat screen TVs the DVD, you know, the the networks, you know, streaming services. This is a this is the kind of innovation. If you were to ask yourself, that every single home buyer wants in their game an indestructible playfield, and it's not hard. And the scary part is this: it's not even that innovative. This method of using a polycarbonate or some sort of you know, hard plastic that is clear, that is where the artwork is reverse printed onto it and that sits over the wood of the game. Okay, here's, and and then then all of a sudden, it's indestructible. You're never going to get a single dimple ever. You're never going to get it cracking. You're never going to get artwork to wear through. You're never going to get clear coat issues ever, ever again. And the game will play exactly the same if not better, and I don't buy the excuse that a pinball is meant to roll over wood. A pinball is, come on. It's meant to roll over a flat surface. It's If you design it with this in mind, and these are your white woods, like what's, you know, I don't know. It's it's gonna play fine. I mean, I know there's always those arguments. Oh, you're adding a little bit of height, BS. All right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Haggis Pinball in Australia, they've shown us that this thing is indestructible. Now, here's my here's my thing on this. What happens now? What happens now? I mean, this this is pretty. They first of all, they stole Deep Root's thunder. I don't know what Deep Root has planned. I don't know if it's this similar type of process, 
but this was everything that Robert was promising. And it just goes to show when you wait too long, someone else can come in and, and do it what you were planning to do. Now, Deep Root might have a whole different method of making playfields indestructible, right? We'll see if they can even, you know, do what Haggis has shown us. But here's the thing. This is not new. This was this was considered in the 1990s. And there are interviews that talk about this, that the pinball industry back in the 1990s was exploring a similar method to make pinball machines indestructible. And the reason why they did not implement this approach into pinball is very simple, is that the manufacturers wanted the games to wear out. They wanted the games to fall apart so that operators would buy the next game. This reminds me so much of, of, a, of a company I used to work for, and that's Dyson. When he invented the bagless vacuum cleaners, guess what happened? Nobody, Hoover, all the big companies didn't want to adopt that technology because they wanted to sell you the bags. Now look, here's what's weird about pinball is right now, the way the pinball industry is, I don't think Stern wants your games to wear out. I don't think Jersey Jack wants your games to wear out. I don't think Spooky wants your games to wear out. I think that they understand that the home buyer wants something to remain perfect because to them, all these wear and tear issues are, are headaches. They're annoyances. They're, they're not something that creates loyalty and, and repeat customers. So I don't think they, that's the case anymore, which even makes it more ridiculous that in 2020, knowing that this can be implemented, knowing that this approach and this method is available, it makes it even more crazy to me that none of these big manufacturers have figured this out, have implemented this into modern pinball, and we're still making games, 30, 40 year old methods in terms of how they're making these play fields. They're still going to Mirko play fields. And when the, the, clearly, clearly there's an issue and, and people want to keep making excuses for it. If you know, and it's, and I don't, I don't even want to talk about the past anymore because it almost feels like we've been shown what the future of pinball can be. So I am here talking to you, the listener of Canada's pinball podcast. And many of you are buying these expensive new inbox games. Many of you have home collections in which you want to keep your games as perfect as possible. I'm here to tell you that this is the single biggest thing that we should be asking our manufacturers to implement into their games moving forward. And don't just sit back and you know moan and groan about it on pin side, write to your manufacturers, reach out to them. Share with them the video. Say, hey, you should be putting these into your games. And here's the other thing you should do. And this is why like distributors will never probably say this. Maybe you should stop buying these games until this technology and until this approach is implemented into the new games. Because think about it like this. If people just stopped buying these old outdated methods of making pinball machines, the manufacturers would update and give consumers the things that they're asking for. And it's why I always get annoyed when I read on Pinside, like, oh, people are just so negative here. They're just never happy. It's just more of, of the Canada vitriol they're spewing here. And the moderators should do their jobs and stop these people from complaining about things. And I, to those people, you're the problem. 
You're the apathetic person who just accepts whatever is put in front of you from these companies. You're buying games that are inferior, that have known quality control issues. And we're going to talk after this about the quality control issues on Stranger Things and how the damn apologists and, you know, keep making excuses for what comes out of these boxes for $9,000. We're going to talk about that. But this this should be a great, glorious thing. Like we've been shown, we've been shown a new way so that we can get games that don't fall apart ever, ever. Your play field will never fall apart. What a glorious thing. Now, here's my suggestion for these friends over at Haggis. And I'm, I, I, I'm inviting them on the show, I'm trying to get that synced up. But here's my suggestion for this company. And I'm just going to say it from a marketing standpoint, first and foremost, I hope they've patented this approach and this method. I don't know if you can or not, but if I were them, I would patent this yesterday, five weeks ago. I would not allow that this approach and this method for someone else to just steal it from you, okay? That number one, protect your business innovation that you created. Number two, I think Haggis Pinball should stop making pinball machines and go into playfield manufacturing and take down Mirko and become the go-to company to supply playfields for these companies. Because for a few reasons, the Celts game, let's be honest, who's buying that? You're not buying it. It's just, it's just, they can't compete on the pinball level. They can't. Right now, they can't. And I get it's their first game. But that's okay. They might make their games better. They, you know, they want to do that. Fine. But the real... The real value of them right now is this is this method of making playfields, and I would I would change course and I would become a pinball playfield manufacturer. Maybe they can make older playfields in this new method. Imagine that. We'll sell you an indestructible Pirates of the Caribbean. Ship us your game. We'll repopulate it with this method. You know, I don't know. That seems like a lot of work. I, I don't think you'd want to do that. I think moving forward. They should make play fields. Okay, and here's the other thing, guys. What do we always hear from Stern Pinball? Oh, we're so busy. We're so busy. We have so many orders that we can't allow the cure coat. Uh, sorry, the cure coat. We can't allow the clear coat to cure because of all the orders we get. We're rushing it. We've heard that, right? Three coats of clear. They rush the, the process now because of all the orders. Well, imagine doing this method. You don't have to wait for the damn clear coat to cure. Imagine that if you do this method, it, it, it completely seems more efficient and, and you don't have to wait and you don't have to have all those issues with the harmful chemicals. Like who cares now that it went from to a water based solvent and all these long, un, you know, hard to understand explanations as to why the modern play fields are crappy. You don't have to remove artwork from around the post. You don't have to do all these things. You can actually make a game indestructible. So that is what I think we should ask for in pinball moving forward. Is it too much to ask? Let's talk about quality. Let's talk about one of the issues that we talk about a lot on this show. And for some reason, I think pinball is falling into a few camps. I, I think the pinball community gets divided on this. And I want to say, to me, this is like, it's like gun control. It's like... It's like, it's like a topic where there should be no division and there shouldn't be bickering about it. There shouldn't be fighting about it. I think we all should be on the same page. It's like human rights. It's like freedom of speech. You should not have to open up 
a $9,000 pinball machine and start taking it apart. I mean, if we can just all agree on that, it's not me being negative. It's not me trying to like, oh, oh create a cancerous movement within Pinsight. No, you spent $9,000 on a Stranger Things LE and you should not have to use a rubber band to reposition the Demogorgon toy because until because it's sitting too far back and people are, are applying 10 cent rubber bands to move it forward. You shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to start playing your brand new game and where they sold you on the telekinesis magnetic ball lock feature. It's one of the only reasons why you would get an LE over the pro. You shouldn't have to. Play your game. Have your friends come over. Have your kids jump on it. The first time you're playing your brand new game for $9,100. And the telekinesis ball lock doesn't work. And then so you have to take your game apart. You have to release the mechanism. Loosen it up. Use your finger to move this diverter. Try to figure out how to... No. That is not what people should have to do out of the box. There's no excuses for this. And, and I read people trying to say, like, it's just pinball. It's not pinball. It's design flaws at Stern Pinball. It's lack of quality control testing before they are shipping these games to you. Stern has been making Stranger Things for a long time. Why is it that they didn't realize these two things before mailing games to customers. And it's not like just one game here and there. That's a, there, there is always going to be within any new product launch, you know, a small percentage of games that might have some issues. This is not that. Everybody's ball lock rod was flying out of their Stranger Things Pro. When are we going to start actually blaming Stern and not placing the blame on the victims of people who buy these games that aren't being built properly. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing to me. And it's the reason why this podcast is number one. Because people don't want to hear me say that. The apologists, the Stern Army, and I get it. Some of you might be really handy with a screwdriver and, and, and love this stuff. You might love popping the hood on your pinball machine and tinkering with it and, and finding a solution. I added more washers to the Demigorgon and, and, and there's a gap on the ramp and I did this to change. I don't want to have to rebuild a goddamn game I bought for $9,100. I don't. This isn't like a, a, a plug fell out of a connector. I understand if something jostled loose during shipping. This is not that. These are games that weren't tested properly. You are now the guinea pig. You now have to pop the hood on your game on day one. Your family's on the machine and it's not working right. And we make excuses. And we buy the next game. And we buy the next game. They can't sell you play fields that don't crater and chip. And you buy the next game. They sell you games with incomplete code. You have to wait for two years for it to finally be finished. You buy the next game. What's, what, what are we missing here? This is not acceptable. This is not me being a negative Nancy. It's not the sky is falling. It's just garbage. It's garbage that new inbox games 
have these many issues. It's garbage. You shouldn't have to do this. You shouldn't have to do this. Now look, it's, 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 the power is all in your court. You can listen to the distributors being like, isn't this community great how we all came together and fixed Stern's problems? That's what they're saying. That's what the distributors are saying. And you know who I'm talking about. This great community, we came together and figured out how to solve Stern's problems. They can say that. I'm going to say this. It's freaking embarrassing that Stern Pinball sells you a $9,100 game with those issues out of the box. You shouldn't have to fix that unacceptable. It's embarrassing that a company with the number of employees Stern Pinball has, all these innovators, all this room, tens of thousands of square feet, multi-millions of dollars of capital every year. It's embarrassing that Jersey Jack with billionaire investor, those two big companies, they have all those resources and three dudes in Australia innovated something that they couldn't where is the innovation? How are we not embarrassed that these companies continue to sell you outdated and inferior tech that they should be approaching differently? I mean, Gary Stern said it himself. Our new buyer is the home buyer, which means we have to approach how we make these games differently. And they've done, look, Stern, is, Stern has done a lot of great advancements in that, in that territory. They have. They have done a lot to make the games more friendly for the home user. But this game, Stranger Things, if we look at it specifically, it feels rushed, it feels rushed out the door, it feels incomplete, and it feels like they really just had to get the game on the line. That they really didn't make sure that everything was working properly before they took your money. And that, I don't care if it's Stern who does that, I don't care if it's Chicago Gaming. I don't care if it's spooky. It doesn't matter. Anyone who does that to you, the customer, that company is wrong. So as much as the distributor cheerleading that wants to just praise the community, let's we, we figured it out, Chris. We went to Home Depot and we got a, a new set of washers and we put those washers in the game and now it works well. A guy has a damn rubber band, a rubber band on his Demogorgon trying to make the shot work embarrassing okay what else is going on pinball how do you like this pinball podcast it's you know i love doing canada's pinball podcast because this stuff you know people ask me i was i was traveling with coworkers like how do you do 450 episodes of pinball and this is how this is how we do it we just talk about what's going on in pinball all right all right are we entertaining you all right, I hope so. So let's talk about Spooky Pinball going on that weird adult swim show, the, the morning BS show. Okay, so I, I watched some of the stream. Now, I told you this. I didn't really want to watch a lot of Rick and Morty because I don't want to spoil the fun of the show, and I don't want to hear all the jokes before I get my machine. Now, I'm hearing more jokes, like like Rick said, Oh, he's like, oh yeah, lock is lit like me, and I'm like, oh, that's funny, but I, you know, and it's like so, but but it's it. The, every time I see the stream, I, I get more and more excited. I think a lot of people feel the same way. The Adult Swim show was really weird. I knew it right away when they walked out there, and it's like this quirky woman who's the host of the show, and there was like Bowen, I think it was Bug and Chuck, and I was like, oh my god, here we go. We've got like Gen Z 
sort of weird ass programming meets sort of the old curmudgeon stereotypical pinball company people except for bug who's young but still like bug you know seemed a little nervous like it, it was i could just tell right away and then i knew that the audience of that show because there was a chat going you were going to have this collision of their normal fan base with uh with the pinball crowd and and this to me what i loved about this whole thing is is this I think this is a, a lesson to so many people out there that they need to understand how niche pinball is. That the majority of people out there look at pinball people like we're losers and we're nerds. And if they heard how much these games were, they would also think we're morons, okay? So this whole notion of we need to expand pinball, that we need to get more people, it's not happening, okay? Pinball will grow slowly, but it will always be such a tremendously niche hobby. And there's nothing more awkward than combining like Gen Z kids who are into this with like the pinball crowd. I mean, go to a pinball show. And imagine those people at something uh, where 18 to 22 year olds are hanging out doing something or 15 to 22 year olds. Imagine combining two conventions and it, it's just like it wouldn't work. There, there isn't the, the, the desire to coexist together. Um, so it's just funny to see that. And, and, and if, if I have to give any advice, I mean, you know, we're pinball guys walking in there. I think Bowen had like the collared shirt like tucked into the jeans with the belt. I mean, to me, that's just that's just the look that says pinball guy. You tuck a shirt into jeans with the belt. I think, you know, it's like it, it reminds me of the guy on, on the, the dialed in guy holding up the phone. But look, it's it's good exposure for the game. But again, the game is sold out. They don't need more exposure. Nobody who watches that Adult Swim show is going to go wake up and then buy a pinball machine. You can't even buy this one. And so I, I just think there's this weird desire to always like expand this hobby. And the other part I see that lately is just streaming pinball in general. And, and I say that because, you know, I've been, I've been watching all the streamers joining up together and, and all these things. Do you ever go on a pinball stream? Do you ever go on one and look how many people are actually watching a pinball stream while you're watching it? I mean, sometimes it's like five people, 30 people, 100 people. Very rarely, unless it's a new game stream, unless it's a new release. Other than new game releases, pinball streams are only being watched by like 50 people at a time at most. Hardly ever, like maybe 100, 200. I know Jack Danger gets a much larger audience at times because he's built up a big audience. Yeah, I, I will say this. I, I do find it funny that when you're, you're aggregating the best pinball content in the world is all aggregating itself together, you'll leave out the number one streamer and the number one podcaster. But it is, it is what it is. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like watching pinball to me is boring as F. It is the most boring thing you could spend what little time we have on planet Earth doing. The only reason people watch any of these streams, it's not for the games, really. It's for the personalities. 
You know, Jack Danger's he's got a, a, a magnetic personality. I, I, look, I did a little stream. I'm going to do more streaming. I'm going to do more Facebook live streaming. You know what? I'll do a Twitch channel. I'll do a Canada's Pinball Podcast Twitch channel. And for those of you who are friends of mine on Facebook on the Canada's Pinball Podcast uh, page, you saw my stream last week. I went live. I played a little piano. I played a little Guns N' Roses Estranged. But I don't even have a pinball machine. But here, here's the funny part. It's like streaming, is it's fun for the streamer. I get why people do it. But I just don't think it's expanding this hobby at all. I, I think there's this weird notion. Like, like people wake up and want to watch pinball content. Like, like the, no, they don't. And it's not hard to find the pinball content. And putting it all in one place, it does, it's, still, it's just there's just a finite amount of people that think this stuff is interesting, all right? All right, so the spooky stream happened. Still no games have gone out. Still no games are out there in the wild. And so it is It is February now. Where are they? I thought for sure when I was number 50, I'd have it by Valentine's Day. So I think this was the final obligation uh, for them was to do this at Adult Swim. I also think they want to get the code as far along as they can before they ship the games. But here's what I think is happening. They're not stopping uh, their manufacturing of these games. So the moment, the moment in which they say go, I think 40 to 50 games, I think 40 games are going to leave Spooky Pinball on day one of shipment. And it's going to be this glorious day. And then from there, I think it's just going to be a, a steady drumbeat of games going out. So I think everyone looks forward to it. This game is not perfect. Uh, this game is it, it's not the second coming of pinball. But it has something that I think a lot of people are recognizing. It has a lot of personality. And a pinball machine ultimately is just supposed to be really fun and, and, and do something that moves us and, and have a lot of personality. And if you ask me, again, the big reason why, I think there's enthusiasm for, for Rick and Morty and there's a lack of love for Stranger Things right now. The most important element I think is missing from Stranger Things. I just don't think it has the personality. I just don't. I get that it has clips from the show. I'm not inspired by the layout. I'm not super inspired by the layout of Rick and Morty either. I mean, I would argue that there's nothing radically amazing about the Rick and Morty layout. I don't even see people going into the garage. I don't, I, I, you know, that, that loop with the upper flipper seems really hard. There's nothing about the layout of Rick and Morty that has me doing backflips. But the personality of it, it's just, I don't think I've seen a pin that's been streamed that was actually fun to watch. It's fun to watch the stream of Rick and Morty where Stranger Things just doesn't have personality. It, it just feels dull. It, it just does. The callouts are dull. The way that the whole game comes at you it, it's just it, it's fun to flip because it's a fan layout and the shots are rewarding to hit they are but it just lacks personality and, and so here's the here's the thing why was medieval madness so great the toys yes all that stuff attack from mars those two games medieval madness and attack from mars are two of the greatest pinball machines in terms of the personality of those games those games have so much sense of humor they just really pull you in and it, i just think if you put those two games next to stranger things stranger things just feels like a dud on the personality scale compared to those other games 
And that's why I think Rick and Morty has people so excited, okay? And look, you could disagree with me. That's fine. We don't all have to agree on everything. But I just think that Stranger Things to me, it's uh, the call-outs. Why is it hard to get good call-outs in pinball machines? All right, what else is going on in pinball? American pinball. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. American pinball is going to possibly bring two games, not one game, to TPF. They have two games that are now pretty much complete. Pretty interesting. So that's, that's Hot Wheels and something else. What the other thing is, is a mystery to me. If you know, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and I'll happily spoil their second title along with the first one, all right? All right, what else is going on? Dutch Pinball. Dutch Pinball. Brenda, hey, Brenda. Brenda just walked in. Say hi to the listeners, Brenda. They, they love a little, little Brenda on the show. Brenda, come here. Okay, she's look. Wait, Brenda, I'm just gonna ask you a question. Do you come here? Do you think? Do you think the early achievers at Dutch Pinball are going to get their games? Who already paid for their games years ago? Is the game made? Is it ready to go? Well, they showed an apron of a metal apron of the early achievers, but I don't. I don't know. That's about it. So there's no game. No, there's a game. But no one's seen the game. We've seen the game. Is it ready to ship? That, we don't know. All right, I'll let you go to the gym. She's looking at me like, I don't, she doesn't, okay. All right, we're not editing that out. We don't edit this show. All right, so here's the deal. They showed an image of Playfields being made. They showed an image of the metal apron that said Achiever, Early Achiever Edition. So those are only available to people who already bought the game. And those are also only going to people who buy their game again. So every single Early Achiever that they went to had to pay 12.5 on top of the eight. So they're basically in $21,000 on a game. So here's the thing, I hope these people eventually get that free one. I, I think Barry has figured out some sort of manufacturing. I, I, I just don't know what to think. I just don't think they're gonna make hundreds of them. I think the excitement and hype around the Big Lebowski is is declining week after week. It's not, you know, now that it's back, it's it's back. Where's the is code going to be updated? Is code going to like, you know, give this game a new reason to, to for people to want it? I don't know. It's still an amazing game. It really is. It's just I I just think it just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth and I I hope those people are made whole. You know, look, on this show, I will call manufacturers out, but you know, I hope Dutch figures this out. I just, I just, I'm still very skeptical that they're going to be able to do it and that the demand for this game is going to continue to be there like a year or two from now. I, I, I just, that's how I feel. All right. What else is going on? So this is the weird item of the day. So someone listed a Jersey Jack pinball, Pirates of the Caribbean, collector's edition for sale for $20,500. Now that, that's crazy amount of money, but that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is that this is Pirates of the Caribbean, Collector's Edition, ready for it? Number 203. Now, how is it number 203 when Jersey Jack Pinball was only supposed to make 200 Pirates of the Caribbean games? So I'll let that sink in for a little bit. Only supposed to be 200. This is game number 203. The only thing I can guess happened is that Maybe three or four games got damaged in shipping and had to be remade. 
But I don't think so because these things were made on the assembly line next to each other because this guy had two of them and one was like number 32 and then the other was number 203. So I'm not sure if he was able to ask for that specific number, but it once again always makes me scratch my head of what are they doing over at Jersey Jack Pinball when it comes to numbering these damn games. You know, first you can't set a limit on the number of yellow brick roads. Then you tell people there's going to be 5,000 Willy Wonka limited editions. It's always so wonky. You know, remember when Jack was like, well, we're only going to make the number of dialed in collector's edition orders we get by midnight on January 1st. By midnight. All right. And then what happens? We're making 250. It was like some stupidly exact number. You got that many exactly, Jack? Anyway, but here's the thing. Here's my advice for Jersey Jack Pinball. Please, Jack, please call me. Call me. Let me help you set your Guns N' Roses marketing strategy. Please don't do something stupid. Don't, don't release too many collector's editions. Don't release too many limited editions. Jack, 5,000 Willy Wonka limited edition games is the dumbest thing you could do. 5,000 ain't limited, Jack. 5,000 would make it one of the best-selling pinball machines of all time. You're not going to make 5,000 Willy Wonka LEs ever. You always want to make one less than there is demand for. That's the rule of marketing. These guys, they don't get it. They don't get it. 5,000? Why would you say that? Why? Why would you say 500 collector's editions? Why? You're not going to sell off 500 CEs. Where's Iceman CE? Keeps waiting for it. Someone get Iceman his damn collector's edition of Willy Wonka. I think he's also waiting on a collector's edition of Pirates. I, I don't know what's going on with Ice. I don't know what's going on with his games. Somebody get this man his games, all right? Now, Iceman, I got to say, I got to say, You've got to stop. Like saying everything Stern does is amazing. Come on, man. But I'll tell you this. This is amazing. Keith Elwin. Keith Elwin has updated the code to Jurassic Park. And I love what he's done. He's added an ability to start the final wizard mode right when you start the game. So any player, regardless of skill set, can enjoy one of the coolest modes in his game without having to go through the whole game. I love that Keith did this. I've been saying this on this show for years. If you have really fun elements in your game that people would enjoy, you've got to find a way to let beginners and casuals enjoy some of that magic. I've said this with Willy Wonka. It's so silly. You've got these amazing modes that they've put in this game that nobody will ever see. Great job, Jack. Come on, wake up, Jack. Look, learn from Keith. I love it. And I love how like some of like the, you know, the hardcore players are like, well, well this is this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I, I have to play. And, you know, and, and this this is what I, I own the game for is to make it through to one day experience it. And I don't like that there's a shortcut. Well, you don't have to take the shortcut, you jackasses. You can still play your game and get through all the modes to get to that final wizard mode. Or you could start the game there. Oh my God, let me cry that we have options. Let me cry that we have choices. Get out of here. I'm going right there, right from the beginning. I don't care. 
I'd rather just get off the damn island and escape the dinosaurs than, than go through your damn mode, sonny boys. What else? What else? Am I missing anything? Anything big going on in the pinball world? There's new code for games like Elvira. I don't really care about new code updates other than the fact that owners will be happy. Uh, I covered that. Covered that. <laughs> I think I've covered it all. Such a good show. Canada's Pinball Podcast. It really is great. You really are lucky. All of you out there. All two to 3,000 people who get to, you know, see that there's a new Canada's Pinball Podcast updated again. Well, I mean, what do I get for this? What am I doing this for, guys? I, you know, well, look, you can donate to my Patreon. You can. And I want to thank all of you who donate to Canada's Pinball Podcast on Patreon. You know, because if I was on Twitch, I see you guys throwing money at these Twitch streams. And I'm like, what? I mean, I do way more, way more episodes. And I also want to thank someone who asked me. I want to thank this guy straight out. He asked me for my PayPal so he could send me money via PayPal because he doesn't want to use Patreon, and I appreciate that. And so, hold on a second. Hold on. I want to call him out by name. I got a PayPal donation from Devin Maldine. Devin, thank you so much for donating to Canada's Pinball Podcast. You get a special shout-out on the show. And I think someone else also did. Let me look real quick. Hold on a second. All right, I also want to give a shout-out to my man, my main man, Garrison Tarno, who also donated to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Garrison, thank you so much. You know, I'm really going to get some merchandise and swag going for you guys as well, because I know some of you just want to wear merchandise that says Canada's Pinball Podcast on it. It's going to be better than that. I'm going to have, I'm going to do limited edition, collector's edition t-shirts. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Anyway, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy your pinball machines. And don't forget, don't forget, we should be hitting these manufacturers hard over the next few weeks that we want indestructible playfield technology implemented into games moving forward. We need to put a stake in the ground. Stop buying your games. Stop just running at every new release. Make sure this gets implemented into pinball. And I mean across the board. I want to see Spooky do it, CGC do it. This is what we want. I don't want my game to fall apart. If I can have a game that would look perfect forever, so be it. And we all can. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <music>